0: Welcome back to the New Age Music Promo Podcast. I am Ryan. Jim Jones! <laughs> Today we're going to talk about uh, and a very confusing topic, music royalties and where they come from. I know Jim's going to have a lot more info on this, uh, but we have, like, obviously you're going to get your royalties that come to you through your distributor, like the New Age distribution, the CD Babies, the Tune Chords, the Distro Kids, uh, you're going to have your ASCAP and BMIs, your song trusts, all of that. But Jim, where does that come from? I get a lot of questions from artists and me myself. I don't fully understand where, how does this royalty break down and how does each company come into play?
1: Why are we talking? I don't know anything about this. Why are we talking about this?
0: Cause you get a lot of questions about it. And I also think it's important to, for artists to understand where their money comes from. Um, and yeah, to maximize so, where their money's coming from.
1: Oh, man. Um, let's talk about, we'll start off on the easy side. The easy the easy explanation is that there's two ways to get paid from music. There's the master side and there's the composition side. What does the master entail? The master cor- entails the master recording of your your music that is delivered to DSPs, that plays on spotify and apple those are streaming those are considered sales on the master that actually applies to physical cds vinyls tape cassettes uh anything else that they make to play music
0: does that apply to like the people who sell the flash drives
1: Uh, i don't know uh you would think i think most contracts say anything that embodies the master um, but I don't know how you would track that because I don't think you could put a UPC on a flash drive. If you sure. could, that'd be super dope. Um, so yeah, who collects that? Uh, usually that's the responsibility of the distributing party. So if you're with uh Empire, Distro Kid, CD Baby, yada yada, yada, they are the ones that are responsible for collecting those royalties. And on the master side of things, most royalties are delayed three months, about a quarter. Um so if you end up distrib- if you end up putting something out in the middle of a quarter, and I'm still kind of foggy on this one. So if anybody watches this and they actually know better than I do, please comment and let me know. But uh, I'm pretty sure that if you distribute in the middle of an actual quarter, it doesn't take another quarter for you to get paid. I'm pretty sure you just get in, in the middle of the cycle and you'd only get paid on like, let's just say the six weeks of the 12. Pretty I sure that's how it works, is. but I'm not 100%. I just see the statements and I say, sweet, someone got paid. Yeah, I think you're right on that. Um, The other side of things are the composition, which entail the songwriting aspect of it and the producing, uh, the songwriting, which is compiled of the production, composition, and the lyrics. And so if you're a songwriter, you actually physically write words on paper that words come out of mouths. That's considered songwriting. Uh, But what's entailed in that composition is... uh, It actually is. It says composition. So the composition is the instrumentation, whether or not that's a beat or that's a live band that creates the music that goes along with the vocals. Now, in the rap world, uh, how it's supposed to work is it's supposed to be 50% songwriting, 50% composition. So if you have one producer and two vocalists on a song that each wrote their own verses, then in theory, the breakdown would be 50% 50% goes to the producer, 50% is broken up between the songwriters. So if you have five songwriters, you know, you are you could be splitting 5% or 10%. So think about this, that, that really sucks though, if you think about it, because like, if it's your album and you're like, hey man, I really want to do this record. And then someone comes in and does the hook and then you've got you, and then you've got three other vocalists on there, basically doing what, eight to 12, maybe 16 bars each. That'd be a very long song. Yeah. Um, even though it's your album your song you're collecting some of the lowest por- por- portions on that on that song at least from the composition side you could probably be probably be collecting the largest share of the master side of the recording depending on if you either did a work for hire to get those people on or whether or not they just did it as a free feature or you worked out some sort of uh, percentage deal where they got a small percentage of the master side of the recording am i am i staying on track so far so far yes
0: i think that it's um especially when an artist is first starting out they may not understand the full-on terminology of master recording composition like all of that so if you break that down into layman's terms i think everything else will fall into place cool
1: well some other some other things take into consideration too are there are a lot of different variations when it comes to um, how producers get paid. Um, so a producer, for instance, can work out a deal where they get an upfront payment for either create creation of at the time um, and to have and for the artist to have exclusive rights o- and ownership over that instrumental. So let's say, for instance, you could work out like a thousand dollar upfront fee, but sometimes producers uh, can can get like a three percent royalty rate built into that. But the problem with that is it's super tricky and it's, yeah, I feel like it's something that people just write into contracts to get producers to shut the fuck up because the, the reality is to one, to be able to even track that is damn near impossible. Sure. And two, um, it really just depends on your relationship with the producer. If it's someone that you want to work with consistently, sure, you're going to make sure that they're taken care of. But if it's someone like, I just give you perfect for instance. Like, there's a producer that did like five or six records for an artist that I manage. Their team reached out. They're from Europe or wherever the fuck they're from. They were paid like $750 a beat. So I think there's five or six songs between three between three albums. Good people. The artist likes them. Um, but they they like came to me like five, six years after these songs are released. Oh, we're just checking in on what our royalty is for this. And I'm like, six years after the fact right like that's so basically what i have to do is because it's not i have to i have to see what the album or the release gross is right and then i have to look at the per track earnings so then the per track earnings let's say that let's say the total album has uh generated a hundred thousand dollars and that one track out of 10 is accountable for twenty thousand dollars out of that, uh, that record. Okay. So now I have to figure out this is very complex math and I'm going to screw this up because I have this on a doc, but now I have to figure out, okay, well that $20,000 is 20% of the revenue that that one song is responsible for. But then I have to actually, let me just pull this doc up. Cause I actually, I literally had to do this. That's just like, so I can tell you correctly.
0: What'd you say? So that sounds confusing. Yeah, it sucks. All right, let's see, let's see. Also, while he's looking for this, if you are doing deals like that, make sure you're contracting it. So that way you have something to stand on.
1: 100%.
0: Because if it's just a verbal thing, six years go down the road, it's very easy for someone to quote unquote forget. So make sure you have that in writing.
1: Well, here's the other thing too. Um, Part of this deal when it was written had to do with uh, physical copies. Like um, streaming wasn't even a thing yet. So if I really wanted to be a douchebag with this guy, I could just be like, yeah, sorry. I don't owe you any money. (laughs) Like we didn't, we didn't sell any physical copies. Obviously I'd have to back that up, which I could. Right. Uh, not really
0: a big way to prove that.
1: But I feel I don't feel like that's that's the right thing to do. So I'm honest about it. Where the fuck is this document?
0: Yeah, because when it comes to the physical copies, if you're not like if somebody's selling a physical copy at a at a show, that doesn't necessarily go to your overall sale count and oh no, that doesn't apply. Chart reporting goes, right?
1: No, I would never do that. That would never apply.
0: Yeah. And then like some of these artists in the underground scale, they're not getting their record, their album sold in physical stores. So it would be very hard to report something like that on the physical scale anyways.
1: Where the hell is this document? Goodness gracious. Oh yeah. Splits, splits, splits. Alex. There we go. All right. So basically I have to do, I have to do the total advance for the project. The amount the producer was, was paid. So I have to come up with basically an entire uh, expenses for the album. So that has to be recouped before any producers are paid. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So then um, deal with, what's this? Okay. So they get a 3% producer royalty. So let's just say, for instance, this song... This song earned fifteen thousand dollars. This other song earned uh, forty-five hundred dollars. So I basically put those two numbers together. Uh, I subtract out the producer cost. I'm not sure why I'm not doing the total cost in this project or in this in in this breakdown. But then I come up with my total that this uh, this producer songs have earned off the album, right? And then I take that number. So in this case, it's roughly $18,000 times a 3% producer, producer royalty rate. And it comes up to about $540. That's how much money they've generated off those two songs since that time. Right. Um. But again, like I said, that actual document does say that this pertains to physical copies, nothing to do with streaming. And this guy tried to like he tried to like argue with me about it because I told him, I was like, look, there's no, there will be no more, there'll be no more payments after this. And he's like, why not? And I'm like, well, because uh the catalog has been sold. And he came back and was like, well, you didn't tell me you were doing that. And I was like, excuse me. um, The copyright belongs to the artist, not to you. The artist is at liberty to sell this at any time. So that's why that's the point that I'm making. Um, Producers, if you really, if you really want to take care of yourself and you really want to protect yourself when it comes to your, your, what's rightfully yours, you need to make sure that there's clauses in there that protect you against the future sale of catalogs because it fucks you. Yes. It totally fucks you. If if the copyright owner has the ability to sell the catalog and which includes a song that you produce, that you have a royalty rate on, you need to include have inclusive language that states that in the event of a sale, you need to be paid out uh, a future percentage Based upon, and it's gonna be like a crazy math equation to get to it. But if that song is included in the sale, it has to have a percentage of what the total sale is that it's kind of like responsible for. That way, you get paid upon that sale, and then you're done.
0: Because right.
1: otherwise, you because yeah, think about it. Do you, do you sign a contract for seven hundred dollars of producer work and a three percent royalty rate? Just for your song the song that you contributed to to get sold, then you never make any money off of ever again. I was right, out, exactly. master. Yeah. You know, no one would sign a contract like that because you don't think of it. Absolutely not.
0: Yeah, you certainly got to make sure that you're covering your covering your tail on that. Um, so I get a lot of questions about as far as ASCAP or BMI versus sound exchange and where they're different coming to play, because they're like, well why is SoundExchange collecting a publishing royalty when my ASCAP's doing the same thing? And until you explained that to me, I didn't really fully understand that either. So to people who don't have that full of a knowledge of it, what is that? What is that?
1: Well, first of all, to correct you, SoundExchange does not collect publishing. Yeah, you're right. I did, I thought that at first. That's what I'm saying. SoundExchange Sound collects things like Pandora, sirius xm satellite radio shit like that so it's basically like it collects basically streaming i guess you could call it but it's just a a much smaller fraction of what's out there so just to clarify that sound exchange is not publishing it collects essentially streaming it's almost it acts as if it's collecting from a dsp because then everything at this point is a dsp and for those that don't know dsp stands for digital service provider just so you know right um So um, ASCAP and BMI collect songwriting royalties and publishing royalties. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't fucking understand what a publishing – I don't understand. If I write this song, I feel like I'm getting compensated as a songwriter. Publishing is something I've never understood. I know how to register it. I know that Admin MP and SongTrust, Cobalt uh, – there's a couple other big ones out there that that administer your catalog, which basically means you – you give the rights to a company like admin MP, you give them a percentage of your, your earnings for them to do all this shit for you, right? You give them all your IPI numbers, you have them register all your claims for you. Um, And then you go in, they they go in, they're they they they're an admin on your your ASCAP or BMI account, they make sure everything re- is registered appro- appropriately, all the right percentages are claimed. And a place like admin MP or song trust, they tell you, They I mean, they tell you what they do. And uh, I'll just read it to you because I, off the top of my head, I always have to look it up, because yes. people always say like, "Well, I'm a, I'm a, uh, well, I'm a registered songwriter with ASCAP and BMI. I don't need you to do this. I don't need this." Well, the the truth of the matter is, um, ASCAP and BMI are really only collecting your domestic royalties. Yes. Um, and. Uh, to be to- truth be told, ASCAP and BMI they are very understaffed. They're understaffed before COVID, they're even more understaffed now. Like, you can't even get a hold of anybody, ASCAP BMI. And if you can't get a hold of anybody there, you really believe that they're collecting 100% of your money? Fuck no, they're not. The stat that I get quoted a lot by admin MP is that roughly BMI and ASCAP are collecting about 33% of the actual royalties that are out there available to you. So, places like Cobalt, admin MP, song trust they're out there collecting your worldwide royalties um so if you just like were to look on song trust for instance do you want me to share my screen yeah share it so that the the listener can see it hold on uh you have to enable participant screen sharing there you go all right here we go mate oh, desktop one safari Shire. all right song trust collect your publishing royalties worldwide without losing your rights um so basically song trust is a global publishing administrator that monitors your work globally with direct relationships with over 65 collection societies and pay Sources covering two hundred fifteen countries and territories. All right, so keywords here are collection societies. That's what ASCAP and BMI are for us here in the states. Well, these other sixty-five are collection societies that are all over the country, all over the world, um, all over not country, all over the world. So they're working directly with, like, basically the equivalent of ASCAP and BMI in different countries right. to make sure your royalties are being collected, sent right. to them, and then they're being paid out to you. Um, we handle registering your songs worldwide, so you don't leave any royalty earnings uncollected. Again, some people know about this shit, some people don't. This is part of the thing that we do with New Age. I'm just reading Song Trust because they actually have a, a forward-facing platform for you to be able to read it. We work with AdminMP. Uh, Admin MP. is more of a boutique-style thing. Song Trust is more of like a, a DIY platform, which is exactly why we fucking hate them. They're just like they're just like Song Trust. They're just I'm sorry. They're just like uh, CD Baby or DistroKid. They have a really pretty website for you to look at, really pretty website for you to go to and do everything yourself. But truth be told, nine out of 10 artists don't even understand this concept. Okay. When I got into this seven, eight years ago, I actually had to do like probably three weeks worth the back and forth emails with someone from SongTrust until I finally got my head wrapped around what the fuck this actually was.
0: Right. Also, but, but I was just gonna say also with SongTrust, um, obviously you're going to pay whatever your distributor's distribution fee is and then it's a $100 sign up fee just to get into song trust and then you're going to be talking to someone whereas when you register with a new age um it's the admin mp registration is already included in that
1: yeah there's no fee so that's kind of what this this is kind of what it is so like think of it as insurance right as soon as you pay that premium you kind of fall into this big pot of who gives a fuck okay you're, yeah. you're just in this big pot. You're a part of their you're part of their network of shit. The, the ability to talk to somebody, understand, and learn is pretty much out the window. You have to do all the work yourself. And again, just to plug us, I can call either guy from from admin MP that we work with right now, and both either one of them will pick up the phone. I can ask them questions. They will answer them. So if you like doing things yourself, I'm not gonna hate on you to join something like this, but at the end of the day, um, You know, a place like this probably has 500,000 active users and a place like Admin MP has like 50,000, but they have dedicated people that work with those, those accounts and those artists and brands directly. um, So that way they're they have a a relationship and they're being taken care of. Right. Um, But anyways, this is what a place like SongTrust, Admin MP, Cobalt, they do for you. Great, great fucking resource to have um, outside of just ASCAP and BMI. Well, yeah, because if ASCAP or BMI is only collecting
0: 33%, that's 60 plus percent of your royalty that you're not getting. Exactly. And royalty so, rates are already so low, you want to make sure you're maximizing what your income is from it.
1: Exactly. Um, so just for shits and giggles, I will... Uh... And as far as like the admin MP
0: versus that thing goes, like you as the artist, you probably want more time to create instead of having to document everything. So just going through someone like that that the admin MP allows you to not have to worry
1: about that shit. So um I, I was gonna read what the definition of music publishing uh this is what Google's definition from soundcharts.com says what is music publishing music publishing is the business of promotion and monetization of musical compositions Music publishers ensure that songwriters receive royalties for their compositions and also work to generate opportunities for those compositions to be performed and produced, reproduced. So you hear a lot of times about people selling their publishing. Um, it doesn't mean that you lose your songwriting, but uh, a lot of publishers that am- people, a lot of companies that administer publish publishing do shop your shit. They either shop it for sync. They're shopping it for TV. They're shopping it for movies. There's a lot of different variations of the publishing. So it's, it's still not super clear to me how the hell that's even different than the songwriting aspect of things, but it's very important to do. It's very important to, to turn that over to someone who knows how to do it properly. And uh, it's very important to make sure that your songs are registered properly because this is just one other thing that we'll touch on real quick is songs going into conflict. For instance, if you have, we'll go back to the example of the producer and the two artists. If that producer on their own side miss miss files that registration and they claim 60% and they only give you and the other songwriter 20% each to equal that hundred percent. And you've registered 25, 25 and 50 that song will immediately go into conflict because you have two different publishing admins claiming two different percentages and nobody will get paid any money whatsoever. Yep. So it's very important to work with professionals that know how to do this shit correctly and make sure that you have, um, There are uh, split sheets that you can just Google. There's templates out there that you can Google split sheets. And you need to make sure that for every fucking song that you do, you write it down with that person. They all sign off on it so everyone knows what the splits are that are being registered. That way, if you have any conflicts, you can reach out to that party and say, hey, can you please put me in touch with your admin? I'm going to send them a copy of this, this agreement. I need to see what they registered because this is what we have on paper and this is what everybody signed.
0: Right. Yeah. Because like you said, otherwise, there is a true risk that none of you will be getting paid because if it goes into into that oblivion state, they don't know who to pay it out to. And then one thing I want to touch on what you said, you didn't understand, like the publishing versus the, the songwriting. I don't fully either. But from what I understand is so like your songwriting is where you're going to get your royalties from your song purchases, your digital downloads, your Spotify, your Apple, uh, YouTube, all of that shit. But then your publishing side is if you do land a sync placement, you do land a radio campaign and things like that. And that's why people will sell, like you said, sell the publishing.
1: Right. But even if you don't get sync placements, you still earn money on your publishing per song. Oh.
0: I guess I did know that a little bit. I just didn't know what those rates were. I know it's different on the platform, so I don't know what that publishing royalty is and comes out to.
1: Well, let's see here. Should we, should we watch a a YouTube video for people to understand it? Well, maybe we can, if the YouTube video is worthwhile, maybe we
0: put that link in the description. Yeah, let's do that. Good idea. Yeah, let's do that. Cause I do I do think that it is important for you guys as the listeners to understand that you, yes, the royalty rates are already so low, but there is a way for you guys to turn this into a viable business. You just have to understand one, that it is a business and two, how to, register and file all of your stuff properly so that way you can document where your money's coming from and make sure that you are being compensated properly. Cause there's a lot of money there is a lot of money out there that you could just be flat out missing on if you don't understand the differences between your ASCAPs, your BMIs, you don't have that registration with a song trust or admin MP, and then you don't have it filed properly with your producers, your other writers, your instrumentalists, whoever whoever's filing your things. So just make sure that you have your shit in order.
1: I agree any other earnings topics should we go over youtube yes oh fuck cuz youtube you... is very confusing guys very confusing all right so uh, there's three ways to get paid off of youtube okay uh we'll, we'll wrap this up in another 10 minutes okay so there's three ways to get paid off of youtube There is ads, there is uh, the DSP side of things, and then there's content ID, Yes. okay? Three different ways. DSP means uh, YouTube music. That's what that means, okay? Ads means the ads that you see on your videos, okay? Content ID means that when your distributor distributes your music to the world, to the internet, if they choose to, to claim the sound recording on YouTube, that means that when you upload your shit and you match monetize in all countries and you click content ID, that means that that revenue from that video syncs with your audio from the DSP like that, and it gets goes to your distributor, and your distributor pays you for it. They right. also protect you from other people uploading your music that content id will grab it from that fan video or that reaction and it'll go to your distributor and your distributor pays you yes it's
0: actually not that
1: it's actually not that complex it's not that complex but like uh so to separate them
0: for people who i always get this question when i'm working with new age artists and it's like i thought youtube music was my song getting played on youtube no youtube music is this is YouTube's version of like Spotify or Apple Music. Their actual streaming service. Yes, It's their actual streaming platform. And then the content ID, I get a lot of people coming to me saying, well, I got this content ID when I uploaded my own song or like I got flagged. You're not getting flagged. You're getting a content ID. And actually you probably want more people to content ID it because if more people are using your song, you're getting paid more off of YouTube.
1: Now I will tell you this. I've had debates with Webby about this. He actually has his content ID turned off. I think there is pros and cons to that. So I because think he, he wants, he wants other channels to do their his shit and he wants them to monetize off of him because it incentivizes the reaction channels to want to do it. Exactly. Because they can earn more revenue off of it. They earn money. They earn a lot more money on the ad revenue.
0: Yes. Uh, and I was going to say that is that there is a lot of, especially in the streaming and the gaming world, where if you have that on, like your your streaming like your gameplay screen or things like that, it's gonna flag and content idea, which may make make that go silent in this in the Twitch streamer, the YouTube streamer's video. So if you want to keep that turn that off, that's gonna entice people to go listen to you in that way. And then I do have uh other people who I know who are like they get their music uploaded where they pitch pitch it up onto like nightcore channels and stuff. I have uh one of my homies, Jake, he's got uh, a massive community on YouTube through doing like the nightcore things and he'll keep his monetization on because the nightcore they could, they figured out a way to keep the content ID on and still grow their channel and monetize it so he'll get a massive royalty payout on that. So I guess it really depends on I guess what your target audience is when it comes to that. <laughs> I think the la- I think the last one that we should talk about as far as like money payouts go is the confusion with um Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook like reels and how people get paid from them. You can talk about that. Yeah, so Facebook and Instagram and TikTok are all very similar. So Facebook and Instagram, you have the ability to get what's called coins or tipped on them. And that's through their own platform. Once you hit a certain monetization status, but a view on your video on TikTok, Instagram, or Facebook does not mean you're getting paid for that view. The only time you're going to get paid from your music on those platforms is is if somebody uploads a clip using your audio you're not go- that's the only time that you'll get a, a, a royalty is if somebody's using your song on that and then um same thing with YouTube shorts um that's going to be that's going to fall back on the content ID so that's that's one of the reasons that you might want to have your content ID on is if somebody's using the audio in shorts cuz you're not going to get the upload royalty for that so i don't know I don't know what the best advice to give on the YouTube short section is, but don't expect. But, but the point is don't expect a royalty on a stream on those platforms. Only expect the royalties if people are using your audio. Got it. Not really. Just kidding. <laughs> it is very confusing, but the point of the matter is, is there's a lot of places for you guys to make money. Just make sure you guys have your shit in line. If you have questions or want anything straightened out, make sure you reach out to either one of
1: us. We're happy to help. Also, let's tackle one more thing. Okay. If you guys want to send us music with samples in it, make sure you get the samples cleared. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This isn't, this isn't TuneCore. This isn't CD Baby. That shit might skirt under the table. No, this is fucking Sony, guys. Yeah, you're going to get us in trouble, and you're going to get yourselves in trouble. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah Sony so oh. doesn't
1: play with samples, especially if the copyright owner is through Sony. Yeah, that's... Come on, that's just ridiculous. And if you do have, if you do have clearance and rights for the samples, and just send us the information, and we'll send it to Sony, and we'll get it cleared up. But if you don't, and you want to badmouth us, saying that we don't do our jobs, and you wanna, you wanna dispute charges, and you wanna badmouth us in reviews, go fuck yourself. You hear it here first. Fucking idiots. <laughs> Singular. One idiot. Yeah,
0: yeah. Clear your samples. Don't get sued because you'd want it to be lazy. All right. We'll see you guys next week. I should have said.